Well, good day, folks. Today we are joined by one of the best footballers of all time. He's a three-time Premiership player with the Brisbane Lions, also a three-time club best and fairest, Norm Smith medalist, and a Brownlow medalist back in 2002. And he was on the TV show Survivor. He's also started a great academy called the Simon Black Academy. Looking forward to speaking to the great Simon Black. Welcome to Legends with Bevo. Thanks to the Holdy Hotel, Coopers, and Anytime Fitness Glenelg. Well, Simon Blackout from the Simon Black Academy. Great to have you on Legends with Bevo. What a privilege to chat to such a legend. Uh, mate, how are you going over there in Brisbane at the moment? And uh, tell us more about the Simon Black Academy. Yeah, thanks, Bevo. Nice to be with you, mate. Uh, going well um, in this isolation period. Uh, all was good. Uh, we had we actually went to Fiji for a family holiday. She was six, eight weeks ago. And when we were over there, the, uh, it was announced that you had to go in the quarantine period for two weeks when you got back. So we had a pretty early introduction to the, um, the isolation as a family. Um, got to know each other pretty well throughout that time. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, all going well, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, our academy program uh, is still continuing. We are fortunate. Um, our, so our, our program is an education program first and foremost, um, tailored with a, an AFL um, you know, Aussie rules program around that. Um, we partnered with Torrens University and they provide our academic course, um, first year's a diploma of uh, sports development, which then runs into a Bachelor of Business in Sports Management, um, second and third year. So it's sort of school leaver um, type, type age demographic. Um, and as I said, the, the, the football program ties in with, with the education side and the AM part of the day is the athletic slash footy side and the classroom education sides in the afternoon. And um, yeah, the, the, the age entry is sort of 17 and a half plus um, school leaver age bracket. Uh, we have programs, uh, one in Perth, one in Adelaide, um, based at Norwood Football Club, one in Melbourne and, and one in Brisbane up here. So um, yeah, it keeps me busy, mate. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed the, um, the involvement with with the course and um, with Torrens University the last uh, last few years, and um, I guess trying to impart a little bit of you know my knowledge from from my playing days and um, life, I guess um, to to our young uh, males and females. And what sort of what's involved with the academy, mate? Obviously, it's um, you know training and, and learning on the on the job and, and situations, you know, uh, playing footy and and outside of footy as well. But yes, yeah, if I've sort of know of a kid that wants to get involved or um, people that are listening out there. Tell us more about it, how it all works. Yeah, so um, as I said, we're partnered with Torrance University and um, they uh, provide our academic, sort of, sort of, I guess, academic course. Um, we, uh, the first year, yeah, diploma level, which then runs into the um, degree Bachelor of Business in Sports Management. Um, yeah, if, you, if there's anybody out there um, who is interested, um, I guess, um, a little bit more background around is we have three pillars to our program. It's the education side, the the football side, um, which we try to really, I guess, um, be specific with our um, skill development of our young males and females. And a lot of our guys and girls play for their local footy clubs. Um, not at the moment, I guess, with the current environment. But um, so we, you know, if you come to us and you're an inside midfielder or you want to become an inside midfielder, we're really try to tailor our design, design our drills around the specific attributes needed um, to play that position. You're a, a key back, you're a small forward, whatever it may be. So we really try to be quite proactive to, um, to make our, our students um, 
come to us about what it is they want to work on. And we design drills around that. Obviously, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of group training that takes place um, each, each week and each session. Um, but we really try to I guess, separate ourselves by um, giving uh, our students a bit of a customised approach to their footy development. Um, and we're, we're fortunate to have some ex-AFL players and, and coaches our, as our mentors for our, for our student-athletes. Um, all our coaches in each state have got some level of AFL background from Gary O'Donnell, former Essendon captain in Perth, um, Richard Douglas, uh, Adelaide Crows player in Adelaide, uh, Michael Barlow in Melbourne. Um, I'm based up here in Brisbane with Nathan Clark. And um, yeah, so, and, and I guess also um, some would say most importantly, uh, our third pillar is our um, personal development space where, um, you know, we try to give our students an opportunity to learn about, about leadership, um, about goal setting, the importance of, of goal setting, um, nutrition, um, um, and, and yeah, just to make our program a bit more of a rounded approach, Bevo, and that's that's the the, the, um, the thinking behind that. So we have a website. Um, it's australianrulesacademy.com.au, uh, and John, uh, our recruiting manager, will uh, will get in touch with you if you if you shoot an inquiry through on, online. Wonderful, mate. I'll certainly uh, be giving that a big plug for you on Facebook. And speaking of plugs, I I better give a shout out to Dale Fleming who, who organised this interview today and. Uh, Great fellow Dale, and obviously used to play footy for Nord as well. Um, what's your relationship with Dale, and I guess how'd you get sort of involved with the Nord Footy Club, and and what made you choose them over any other sample club, Blackie? Yeah, Flemo's a great guy, and he was our conduit um, to to Nord Footy Club, and um, introduced us to to James Fantasia there, and um, yeah, they've been great. Um, obviously, such a proud historic club in South Australian football, Norwood, and. Um, got a great development going on there, redevelopment going on there at the moment, haven't they, which should be completed soon. So, so we base ourselves there. We're not affiliated per se with Norwood. We, we, we just base ourselves um, out of Norwood and um, you know, use the Oval and the gym and so forth. And um, as I said, Fanner, Dan Fantasia has been great um, and it's a great facility. And um, Jared Cotton, the head coach there, um, helps out as well with our students with some coaching at times as well. So, um, yeah, I feel very fortunate that Flemo has been uh, a great um, conduit for us to um, to be linked with Norwood and, um, yeah, as I said, a great club and always enjoy um, coming down to Adelaide and working with the students in the program there at Norwood. Well, looking forward to uh, to meeting you in person one of these days, mate, when you do come down to Norwood and, uh, and shout you a copy for this, uh, this great interview today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be good to see you, mate. <laughs> now, uh, let's get on to your experience with the TV show Survivor, Blackie, because my missus absolutely loves it. It's a very popular show around Australia. I watched it as well when you were on there. Um, it's just unbelievable some of the stuff that they make you guys do and then surviving all that time as well. You, got, you did really well. You're very close to winning it. You're the 18th person voted out, so you got pretty close and you got blindsided as well, so you're pretty stiff. <laughs> Talk us through your experience on Survivor. <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved it, Bev. I, it was an incredible experience, one of the most amazing experiences of my life, that's, that's for sure. Um, I was actually saying to my, lot, my wife um, last night that, what are we, May the 6th or 7th, whatever we are today, um, that this time last year was probably about day four or five out there in the jungle in Fiji and, of the game. And, um, and I remember having the, this overwhelming feeling of, um, I guess, anxiety and, and just, uh, you know, so I'm talking the lack of food kicked in and the lack of sleep. I think we're probably going off a couple of hours sleep uh, every night for the first week or so. And you're just like a zombie. And obviously the lack of food, you get a rations of rice and beans that they don't really fill you up too much. So it really, <laughs> it really hit me. And I was like, 
well, how, how am I going to last 20 days, let alone 40 days out here? You know, you, you have that moment and you sort of, you, throughout, so I was lucky to last 42 of the 50, 50 days and you have moments where you really ebb and flow. But I, I remember that first day four or five just thinking, my goodness, this is, this is, <laughs> get me out of here. But that's <laughs> what, that's what a lot of people have. They experience that everyone goes through it and, um, and, and you come through it and your body just adapts. Um, I found weight wise, um, my body weight, we, you drop really quickly, really suddenly for, I'd have as a guess, I would have lost six or seven kilos in the first nine or 10 days. Wow. Um, we hardly ate any, any protein. We couldn't cook our, our beans. We kept making a mess of those when we tried boiling them. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah. And then, so you, and then you plateau for a long time, but, to talk about the game, I mean, I just loved it. It's such a great experience. It's a, it's a bit of a contradiction, Survivor, in that, you know, it's a team. It's a real team, tribe v tribe. Um, until such time, you lose a challenge and you've got to go to tribal council and vote someone out. And then it's every man for himself. And that's when the, you know, the line and the backstabbing and the, uh, the real gamesmanship comes out. And um, a lot of people sort of said to me, I said, oh, how did you go with that? I, you know, I couldn't imagine you'd be great at that. And I was like, well, to be honest, once you're in that environment, you, be, you become a part of it. And, um, and I remember the first year Anastasia that got voted out, I remember um, talking to her the day we, were, we lost the challenge, therefore we had to go to tribal council. And, and I said to her around camp that afternoon, I said, Anastasia, I guarantee 100% I'm not voting for you tonight. And then literally less than 30 seconds later, I went and spoke to a couple of my alliance members and they were, like, they were really strong wanted to vote out Anastasia. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure enough, she lost her middle stump that night and I thought, oh, <laughs> might as well happen straight away, start lying. <laughs> but no, great experience, mate. I, I totally loved it and um, I, I'll do it all again tomorrow. Oh, that's wonderful, mate. And um, yeah, you're such a nice guy. So uh, I can imagine you'd feel terrible doing that because you, you wouldn't want to offend people, especially when you said to her that you were going to stay on her side and then have to vote her out. That's tough, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you, I, did, I felt terrible for a little bit. And then, and then you quickly have that feeling of, oh, well, it could have been me, you know? So that's, that's what gets you. And, and I got blindsided, like you, like you said. I mean, I, I didn't get, I've copped it from my mates a lot. I didn't get a lot of airtime in terms of strategy or gamesmanship. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, but you know, it, it is, is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, when, when I got blindsided, by Luke really was in a great game, survival player. Um, my plan was to try to get Abby out that night, and um, anyway, they all told Abby the, the plan, and um, and I got blindsided. But I went off to Exile Beach, managed to come back in the game, and and I got stitched up beautifully again by Luke and Harry because they they had some old um, some old clues. Um, to idols that they'd previously found and they replanted them in the jungle and silly me found them and um, and one of them was like there's a there's a an idol in the shelter and so I kept looking through the shelter for about 12 hours and it ripped it apart and then Luke's one said there's a there's a an idol underground which I dug for 24 hours just all through the night I got paranoia just thought there was someone following me and I was just went <laughs> a bit mad so um, yeah, test you, mate, mentally, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And, and how do you go sleeping? Because I can just imagine, like, there's not much to sleep on. It comes, doesn't look very comfortable at all, Blackie. Yeah, I know. Well, the first night we, we built our shelter and they put bamboo on the floor and I've got a pretty ordinary back with some back issues and I'm, like, I'm not sleeping on that. There's no way. So I went down the beach and the tide was out and I was sleeping on the sand. 
and um, not great, mind you. And and then the tide must have come in throughout the night. And I just I woke up, the big wave crashing on me, soaking wet. And just, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> but um, so I welcome to Survivor. But yeah, you just you, you throw palm fronds down. We got rid of those that bamboo on the floor, and you throw a few palm fronds down, and you kind of just adapt and get used to it. Big massive crabs, though. Like I'm talking like almost basketball side, big size, big crabs sort of floating through our camp at night, and you, you're hoping you're not going to get bitten by them and the sliders around. So, uh, but mate, yeah, I, I loved it, mate. I'll do it all again. Well, let's hope we uh, see you in the future with the All Stars, mate, because that was really good. That All Star series that uh, was on recently. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was a fantastic season. Hey, now let's uh, talk to talk to you about your illustrious footy career because uh, this is certainly something we can talk about for a long period of time. A three-time Premiership player, three-time Best and Ferris at the Brisbane Lions, Norm Smith medalist, and also a Brownlow medalist. The list goes on, Blackie. Uh, talk us through the footy journey and, and how it all began and how you end up at the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, Bebo, so I'm a Perth boy. Um, I, I was actually born in Mount Isa here in North Queensland, but grew up in Perth. Um, uh, and yeah, I, look, I was a big West Coast Eagles fan growing up. I started playing from about the age of nine. Uh, Dad was a Kiwi, so I actually I think I played rugby before I played um, um, Aussie Rules. Um, yeah, so I, I, East Fremantle was my my uh, my waffle club, and I sort of went down there as a, I guess a 16, 17 year old to play some Colts, and um, and I, I was always a really skinny kid. I never really filled out until probably sort of early to mid twenties. I was um, yeah, it was always pretty skinny so I never really thought I'd, I'd be good enough or big enough to play for footy and um, it wasn't until I was sort of 18 and managed to represent WA in the National Carnival um, that year that I came played in that and came back and started hearing whispers that I might get drafted and um, yeah as I said West Coast were my team and I did some speed sprint work with them because always the knock on me was always my pace and my lack of and um, I did some work with their sprint coach and he helped me a lot um, helped me got a lot stronger and just helped me, gave me a, a couple of yards, I would have thought. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, they made me do a test one afternoon and um, and I had to get a certain time over either 20 or 40 metres and I didn't get that time. And so they're like, yeah, you'd be, we won't be interested unless you're there late in the draft. They told me openly. And um, anyway, so I picked 31, Brisbane picked me up. And, um, yeah, I mean, at the time I, I was had really mixed emotions because I was, a you know, a Perth, Perth boy wanted to play for either the West Coast or Fremantle, and um, you know moving the other side of the country at 18. It's it's a big you know I know kids every year do it through the the draft, but it's a big it is a big thing. And I was pretty well looked after at home and and had you know your your, your life around around you in Perth. But when I arrived, I just um, I, I remember getting off the plane, just thinking of you know I'm just going to give this a red hot crack, and um, you get a two year contract when you get drafted, and I'd love to play a handful of games in that time, and then. So I get sent on my way back to Perth and so be it, but I didn't want to die wondering. So, um, yeah, I pretty quickly realised that AFL players, um, yep, they've got some talent, um, but I guess what separates them and allows them to have longish careers is their work rate and the ability to keep improving. And, and that was a big part of my well, sole focus, really, just to, to find continual improvement and build my body, my body um, up. And I, I was lucky in my first year in 98 that we had a lot of injuries to our senior players and... Um, I got played nine games probably before I was I was ready. Um, I only played two games for East Fremantle the year before off the bench, um, and you know I arrived at about 72, 73 kilos in Brisbane, so I was pretty skinny. Um, so yeah, so all that 
all that that you, you pick up and you learn the first year or two, the, the second year here in 99 for me, I, I was lucky, I guess, to, to get a regular game and find my feet at AFL level. And, um, yeah, and then, yeah, a couple of years after that, we obviously had that uh, breakout year in 2001 and it was a pretty incredible uh, era to be a part of. Yeah, you won the three premierships in a row and the fourth one, um, I have to say, I feel a little bit sorry for you because I'm actually a power man and don't have that against me. <laughs> and I almost thought, uh, if you weren't, if we weren't playing against Brisbane in the grand final, 100% would have been going for you guys to win that grand final. But uh, when the siren went, I was, I was a happy Port fan, but I felt really sorry for you guys at the same time going for your four in a row. But uh, the three premierships though, mate, which one was your favourite and why? Yeah, um, it's funny. It's funny. I, I was talking to Lee Matthews not so long ago about it, he, he said to me, he thinks about the fourth one more than the three we won. Oh, right. <laughs> and you do, you do a little bit, um, you know, because I guess it's the most recent and, you know, you, you often learn more from your failures and failures and your success. But um, look, the first one against Essendon 01 was, you know, just sheer exhilaration because it is the first one. And that was, that was incredibly special. I remember being feeling a little bit overawed running out there and playing that day and just the occasion, you know, you're a kid growing up wanting to, 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 to be there and here you are and in front of, you know, 100,000 and, and, you know, the big TV audience and whatever you say. That was just amazing. Um, I didn't have a particularly great game that day, but this, yeah, that, that, that first one was incredible. The second one was, was probably more relief because we were the red-hot favourites in 02 and Collingwood really, really gave it to us. And, you know, we only won by nine points in the end. So that was probably more relief. And um, the third one, again, against Carlton, in, sorry, Collingwood in 03 as well, uh, they were probably more of the favourites going in. They beat us a month earlier, first week of the finals. Um, and so that was just... But, you know, they didn't really show up that day. They didn't have a great day themselves and, and we were able to get out to a pretty big lead early on. And that was that was just the most I've enjoyed a game of footy. Um, to be able to have a big lead and just know that you're probably going to win the game from a long way out. Um, you know, the pressure's off. And to be able to enjoy that on the biggest stage was an incredible feeling and... And it's probably my favourite game of footy ever. In 2002, you won the football's most individual, um, well, best individual award in terms of the AFL. That was the Brownlow medal. Um, mate, what was it like when, when they announced that you were the Brownlow medal winner for 2002 and, you know, you could celebrate with your friends and family? Yeah, look, it was, it was, it was a real surprise. Um, you know, I, I knew I had a reasonable year, but I, I still, um, you know, I played with guys like Michael Voss and Nigel Lappin and, you know, Ack had won it the year before and, you know, I, I didn't see myself in that, you know, Brownlow, Brownlow medal winning um, um, field, if you like. And um, when I started getting a lot of votes late in the count, it really sort of, you know, it really shocked me, I guess. And really, um, yeah, it was amazing. I was like, you know, I think it was probably the worst Brownlow speech of all time. I was that, you know, I was that shocked and there was a fair few arm and arms going on. But, um, yeah, well, it was amazing. But, in all reality, I mean, I just had to try and block it out pretty quickly because, you know, four or five days later, we are playing that grand final. So it's a pretty full-on week. Being in Brisbane, it probably helped to, to, to hide, you know, away from the, um, the scrutiny, whatever you, you call it, um, for the weekend. It really helped going down to Melbourne on the Thursday just so we go into camp together two days out from the, from the, big, the big game. And, but it was amazing, Bevo. It was, it was a, I guess, a childhood dream. Um, you often hear players, you don't... I guess fully appreciate it until you retire, and, and that's probably probably the case. Um, but you know, like I don't want to sound, you know, modest, modest or whatever. But 
the, the premierships are far far more enjoyable um, when I look back than than that. Um, you know, the, the work that goes in together as a group. Um, it just doesn't take one year to win a premiership. It takes you know several years to build as a group and get to know each other on and off the field for that matter. And um, so yeah, the premierships are um, special, but yeah, the Brownlow is pretty cool too. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to win one flag myself, mate. No one here, obviously, the standard of, of AFL, but any premiership's a good one, as they say. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's talk about your teammates because you've played with some absolute rippers. Uh, you played with, obviously, Acker and Brownie, some real characters, but who was your funniest teammate that you played with the Lions and why? <laughs> I reckon Mel Michael, uh, our big oh. fullback, big Papua New Guinean fullback, was a, he was a riot. Um, he just... He just um, just loved just to take the mickey out of a run. Um, he'd steal your phone whenever you weren't looking and write messages to random people on your phone. He'd sit he'd sit in the back like the auditorium when Lee Matthews was up, you know, speaking to the playing group, and he'd sit behind you. He used to love wearing these like leather shoes during the middle of a Queensland summer without socks on, so his feet were all sweaty, and he'd he'd, he'd sit behind you, he'd pull his the heel of his shoe off, and he'd pull it right behind your, your ear here, and you just smell his. Sticking, sticking <laughs> foot, and you end up just just cracking up or having a go at him. And Lee would start flipping out for distracting the, the meeting, and he just loved it. In fact, I think Leper tells a story once where um, you know they were such brothers down back, you know, full backs and out back together. And Mel was he'd get bored, and he I think one day he came in at half time, and Leper was injured. He was up in the grandstand, and, and Mel got his phone out, and he, he's ringing Leper at half time um, up in the grandstand asking how he's going how do you rate my game so far and what are we doing after the game and <laughs> just a, just a clown but such a great player such a great talented player Mel and he was a real rock for us down back wasn't he? but he was a yeah he was he was a great teammate loved him. I love that that's brilliant <laughs> and now you played on some of the best uh, best mids going around in terms of from the AFL perspective like he but who are some of your toughest opponents and why yeah, look, I think um, Cameron Ling and, and Brett Kirk were a couple um, rippers. Kane Corns was very good as well. Um, Lingy, particularly because he was a lot bigger than I was, and he played he played from behind, and he, he really, you know, I guess piggybacked you around, and just you wouldn't have much space to get away from him. And he's a great runner for his size, probably twelve or fifteen kilos heavier than I was, um, and and you try and take it forward when they got the footy as well. And, you know, he grew up as a full forward, so he got a really good set of hands. So he was really tough. Um, um, Brett Kirk's just determination and um, competitiveness just made him really hard to play on as well. And not, not a particularly big guy, Kirk, he was he, but just a, such a super competitive guy that he had to earn every kick. And um, and, and, and Corns was, was similar in that he'd like to play from behind and, Corns used to like to hold on a bit more than others, but uh, but no, he was a, you know a super competitive guy and very hard to get a kick on as well. Yeah, I remember that grand final in 04. Some of the that's one of the roughest or toughest grand finals I reckon in recent years, um, other than probably '89. But that I remember um, some of the biffo and the, the the stuff that was going on during that game, Blackie. Man, would have been unbelievable to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I was just I was talking to you off off air before that. Um, we're doing these Zoom calls at the moment with my academy program. We're having some guest speakers on. And we had Choco Williams um, drop in yesterday and asked him briefly around the, um, the 04 grand final. And, you know, because they, they came up at, it after, at us or after us um, before the bounce even physically. They really attacked us and probably put us on the back foot. You know, it was a, it's, a, it's a, a boxing fight. You know, they, they threw the first punch and they, um, 
they really unsettled us. And, you know, to their credit, they did a great job of that. And, um, you know, I guess that was a real tactic driven by Choco. And, um, yes, so... Not sure what I was going to say about that, but um, not great memories <laughs> that day, mate. <laughs> no, I won't talk about it too much, buddy. That's all right. Um, but one thing I love about footy, though, and, and you mentioned before, you, you talked about the guys that you played against. And obviously, you know, there's that white line fever when the siren goes. But one thing I respect about AFL players, the off-the-field relationships that you guys have, you know, like you catch up with your cane corns and these sort of guys um, post-footy. And it's just so wonderful to see the relationship you still have considering how hard you went at each other during the games over those years. Yeah, absolutely, Bevo. Yeah, I mean, I, I hated those guys when I was playing. For, I'd play on those three probably for about 10 years. Um, you know, Kirky, Lingy, Cornsey, and, and, you, and you do, you really have a, you know, obviously real respect for each other um, during that time, but a real, a real you know, dislike. But, you, I mean, Lingy, you wouldn't meet a better bloke. Um, you know, he's, he's a great guy. And, um, you know, the other two I don't know as, as well. Kirky, I know a little bit. Cornsy, not so much. I don't know him overly, overly well, but um, just great blokes. They'd be, you know, mates who live in the same city. I'm sure I'd catch up with them a lot. So um, it is that special that that respect and admiration you have for each other, and, um, and I guess it's based just, you know, on the competitive nature that you know each of us are when we're out there. And but when it's all over, you, um, yeah, you you, you, you shake hands, and um, when it's all over your career, I guess, yeah, you have more respect for. Um, for what you went through together and, and how hard you pushed each other. That's oh, wonderful, mate. And uh, before I let you go, I just want to ask you about Lethal as well because he was a very tough player on the field. Um, what was he like as a coach? He'd like to dish out a few sprays? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lee was an, an incredible coach. Um, you, know, you, you hear all us players that played under him talk about um, he had a great ability to simplify his message and um, make the, I guess, somewhat complicated um, yeah, basic. Um, he's very, very much a percentages man, coach-wise, with his decision making. Um, and I mean, we played an era that was was still quite simple in that time. And um, I think we had like ten building blocks was the foundation of our of our game um, under Lee during that era. You know, some pretty basic stuff. You know, make sure you're behind, punch the ball. You know, don't try to mark it. That was one I remember always always hearing from Lee and. Um, but just you know, a, a wonderful man, manager. Um, I guess it's one thing to climb the mountain once and win it like we did in in one but for him to to challenge us individually to to continue to improve and find areas of your game to improve, I guess was a mark of of Lee's coaching. And then collectively as a group, you know, how do you how do you um, um, how do you get better every every year? And um, you know, he used to always say to us as well. He said, "Boys, you know, here we are, preliminary final week." Um, all we've done is qualify for preliminary final. You know, you, you win that, you win a grand final. Boys, I'm sorry to say, all you've done right now is qualify. You haven't won anything. And he used to talk about the pyramid of games you had to win um, back with a 16 competition. You know, play finals, it might have been 12 or 13 wins to make the top eight. Um, to be top four might have been 16 wins, 15 wins perhaps. I forget exactly what it was. You know, top two sort of thing. And then he'd sort of, you know, and and, and, and would... We'd, we'd review that once a month, how we're going um, in the course of a season. He was just a great operator. So many life lessons, you know, so many, so many um, I guess, um, um, yeah, one-liners or, yeah, life lessons that he's taught us. And I guess some of those have been come down from the great Alan Jeans and John Kennedy that he played under over time. And um, just a, a great, fantastic guy. A um, lot more relaxed these days when he's out of the coaching world and, 
Um, but just got to feel, feel very fortunate being, being able to play under such a wonderful football person in Lee Matthews. And it gave us great confidence when he was up in your box, running out in grand final day, when he, was your, he, when he had your back, it gave us as a playing group enormous confidence. Oh, that's wonderful, mate. Uh, no, well done to you. And obviously, uh, those three flags certainly go down as one of the greatest uh, football teams of all time, especially in the last 20 years, that's for sure. Um, also, mate, before, before I let you go, the Simon Black Academy, uh, where to from here, so the next five years? Uh, what sort of plans do you have in the future and where do, you, where do you sort of see yourself going forward? Yeah, Bevo, we, we, I guess we get a big issue at the moment is trying to create awareness about a program in schools and football clubs. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of... Um, when, I, when I speak to people about, you know, our age that, um, you know, love footy at, at, at school leader age bracket, I say, oh, I wish there was a program like that when I was leaving school. And it's been not really nice to hear that, the combination of education and, and football um, you get to do in a program like ours. So um, for us, it's about trying to create that awareness in, in schools. And we are a an, an, uh, university pathway. Um, we're not in that you know, TAFE space, um, we're actually in, educa- in, the, in the university space, which is great through Torrens University, our provider, and um, you can still do one year in a diploma level. So, um, yeah, it's awareness really for us. We, we, are, we have the four programs in Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne and Brisbane. So, um, you know, I think it's more about just trying to grow those and continually develop them. And we've got a great team involved of, of people these days with our our coaches and our, our mentors and our, our tutors of our students. So, um, yeah, Bevo, it's um, really about just trying to continue the, the growth of the program and the awareness in each state. Well, keep up the great work, mate. Absolutely love the academy. And as I mentioned earlier, I'll certainly give it a good plug for you and, and look forward to seeing where it goes from here. And, and also, yeah, I love your work on Triple M as a commentator and um, you're looking forward to the season starting soon and hearing your, your great expert advice and well, expert um, opinions on this great game of ours. Oh, good on you, Bevo. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. It's been uh, really nice to have a chat with you, bud. Likewise, mate. Take care. We'll speak soon. Yeah, we'll do. Take care, mate. You too. See you, mate. The Legends with Bevo. Thanks to the Holdy Hotel, Coopers and Anytime Fitness Glenelg.